Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, in which we look back through the annals of true crime to discuss events that took place on this week in history. I'm your host, Mark Decano, and with me as always are my friends, Jed Lester. Hello. And Rue Turner. Hello. We want your reviews. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and preferably five stars. And if not, you can always email your review to us at stuff at truecrimediary.co.uk or through our Facebook page or Instagram account. And links to all of those are available on our website, www.truecrimediary.co.uk. And in appreciation of every five-star review, we'll give you a shout-out in a future episode. So the date we're looking at this week is the 6th of January. And on this date in 1981, Mark David Chapman was formally charged with the second-degree murder of singer-songwriter and former member of the Beatles, John Lennon. A month before, Chapman had shot Lennon four times in the back outside the entrance to his home in New York City, then sat down and read while he waited for the police to arrive. Did he? Re- did he really? He? He? I don't think I knew that. He? He? Sat and waited to be arrested. Yeah, I suppose it's inevitable. I'm going to be arrested anyway. I just sit down and read a book. Yeah. Mm. His favourite book. What? Catcher in the Rye. Uh. John's favourite book. No, <laughs> right. no, Chapman's favourite oh, okay. His manifesto, Sorry. in fact. Wow, wow. I didn't know that. Was his death a year, nearly a year to the anniversary of of the best day of your life, <laughs> Mark? <laughs> well, yes, indeed, yeah. Which was, seven, well, that was December 79. Yeah. So it for, would have been... 41 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been, been downhill, downhill since then. It has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start, <laughs> starting with John. Seismic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it, the uh, they interrupted a game of Monday Night Football to announce the breaking. Yeah, news. I've seen that um, that clip. And what else? They also um, Stevie Wonder was playing live at the time, literally doing a gig at presumably Madison Square Garden. I think it was in New York, and he he literally yes, in between songs. Or at the end, or something like that, said, "Can everyone be quiet? I've got an announcement, kind of thing." Yeah. Uh, and it, the same kind of audible wails yeah. occurred. Mm. I'm talking about Mr. Charlie. So I'm very sorry to have to tell you that. Yeah. So the date of the murder was 8th of December in 1980 and Chapman had been at their building pretty much all day waiting outside being what a super a super fan that you would call these yeah. days well yeah it's kind of difficult to to say because what the hell was going on in Chapman's head at any given time is subject to debate sure. because mm. i don't think he really knew he kept changing his story basically he'd been there all day he was he was obsessed yes he had been asserting his intention to kill Lennon for some time. Via the means of what? Letters or shouting it out? Yeah, shouting it out, basically. Uh, okay. Yeah. In fact, he went to do it two months before, but changed his mind and went home. Really? Really? He was there in October in New York, specifically went there to kill Lennon. What I think the story... I mean, obviously I could check this in a heartbeat, but what I perceive the story to be is that he was a superfan. He... 
asked for autograph and, and he didn't get it and then he uh, went home and got a gun but is that t- not in any way well, the he case? he did get his autograph that day didn't he? Right. In fact yeah. he was very, after, later on he was very complimentary about how John Lennon had been. He said he gave him plenty of lots of time, checked that he'd got everything if that was all yeah. he wanted. Really, really? So and he said he was, you know, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> Blimey. So it was a, it was the classic, the age-old, he wants to be in the news forever. Yeah. The papers had a, a grand old time with it. They were saying that the devil told him to do it. Oh, really? He was part of some, mm. yeah, some kind of cult or that he'd been brainwashed or he was, a, I think one of them said he was a CIA agent even. Oh, there's, there's so much. I mean, and again, he, as I say, he kept changing his mind. Yes, he said that God told him to do it, but he also said he hated Lenin because Lennon had said he was bigger than Jesus in the 60s. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Which he didn't in the slightest. But... Which he didn't. He became a born-again Christian in 71, so that was one of, one of his excuses. Uh, okay. right, right. After he made the trip in October, when he went home, he told his wife that he had gone to kill Lennon to make a name for himself. He yes, got exactly. travelled for, yeah, yeah. for notoriety. What did we... Um, obviously, I've got... I can't remember anything, but the, there was a podcast that we did earlier about uh well the various i am D- db cooper kind of you know they just want to be famous really regardless of yeah. the fact that i mean that wasn't a horrendous story it was just intrigue mainly but there was there's been other podcasts where people have said i am insert murderer's name here yeah and yeah. and they obviously didn't do it and they and even though the result of which could have been that they were executed, they were more than happy to say, I am mm. XXX. Yeah, exactly. meaning it's to leave that a kind legacy of behind. He, want, he wanted to be known. Yeah, I mean, that's the impression I get over and over again because it's, despite all the changing stories, the one th- thread that rings true all the way through is that um, he wanted to be famous, he wanted to be somebody. He was uh, quite obsessed in his own shortcomings, you know. He was kind of a loner. He he tried to kill himself uh, one time. Couple of that was years. the time he drove down to the beach, wasn't it? Was yeah, he was living in Hawaii. And it was a fisherman discovered him and knocked on the window. Yeah, exactly. So he was living in Hawaii, and about a year after that, he got married. And about a year after that is when he flew to New York for this attack. But he was right, constantly, okay. you know, even even later, years later, when he was on applying for parole, he would say he wasn't thinking about his uh, his wife, his family. He was just thinking about committing the murder so that he could be somebody. It was just about all about him, basically. And then the second part of it is that he identified with this character Holden Caulfield in Catcher in the Rye, who's basically, yep. again, a lonely, alienated individual. So he was amplifying his own obsession with his lack of place in society so and Caulfield was obsessed with falsehood wasn't he yeah the character and so was um, so was he you know just calling falsehoods out and I remember um, an interview with one of his ex-girlfriends was saying that he would he never wanted anything that was false or untrue and he would yeah be absolutely insistent on no games and everything being said that was true yeah and he always called out people in the public eye you're a phony you're a big fat phony. Again, he wasn't clear. I don't think in in the reality of what was true and false anyway. 
he would call people out, no. you know, say that's you know that's not true. You're a liar and everything. But no, no more so than any, anyone else might do in in the sense that if they don't have the information or they yeah. have their own perspective, and their perspective yeah. is is more it was important. Just, than it was just opinion, me. opinion, yeah. not fact. Yeah. And this opinion based on the opinions of a fictional character. Exactly. Yeah. Did so um, basically he was mentally ill. <laughs> did um could the um could he have murdered? Like anyone, could he have picked another very famous person, or was it always going to be Lennon, or could it have been, I don't know, a, I don't know, a main sports star or something? Well, this is another thing that underlines the whole point about, regardless of what anything you might say about his and John Lennon's supposed relationship or lack thereof. This is another thing that underlines the fact that it was about him and his notoriety, because uh, Lennon wasn't his first choice. Ah. He wasn't his third choice. He was way down the list. I didn't know that. So originally he intended to kill his father. Right. So That would have his... got him no notoriety whatsoever. But... Yeah. But his idea of, of killing someone, he would have been a criminal. He would have had some notoriety. He wanted to kill his father. His father was abusive towards his mother. He was physically violent towards Okay. Yep. So he did intend to go home, fly back to the US, go there and to, to shoot his dad. That's his first intention. But that wouldn't have given him fame. So the next no. person he decided he was going to kill was Paul McCartney. Huh. So as a big Beatles really? fan. Yeah, yeah. So he I was a big Beatles fan. All. He was going to kill Paul McCartney. But then he changed his mind and he went through. Uh, Jackie Anassis. Yep. Um, Elizabeth Taylor. Johnny Carson. When you say he went through, he, he these were people of, he was going to who was considering. That was his list, but he changed his mind. Yeah, these are all people he was considering for for assassination before he settled on Lennon. Johnny Carson, yep. Johnny Carson, George C. Scott, and mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan. Really? Yeah. Blimey. Well, there's somebody else got to. Well, I was going to say. Else, I wonder if yeah. that's why someone else went for Reagan, uh, having found out a year previously that he was on Chapman's list. Well, uh, John Hinckley Jr. Oh yes, who course, uh, yeah. mm. who attempted the assassination yeah, on yeah. Ronald Reagan, ostensibly because he thought it would impress Jodie Foster, who he was obsessed with. Oh yeah. Um, he he said that he had two heroes, Jodie Foster and John Lennon. Right, right. And he took some inspiration from Chapman. Uh, well, a famous book <laughs> called Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> oh blimey! So the likelihood is if. Uh, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say likelihood. It's entirely possible that if Chapman hadn't shot Lennon, that Hinckley would have. Which came first? Hinckley followed Chapman. Chapman was about a year right. before. Yeah. You could say that Hinckley was a jealous guy. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's that's interesting. I didn't know there was a, an admittedly quite vague connection between... Um, uh, Lennon and Reagan. Panic ensues, and the yeah. books withdrawn from libraries across the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't it one of the most banned banned books? Is it? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. You mean in various countries? Uh, well, certainly in the US. Right, right, right. The Pope was shot round about that time as well. I wonder if that. If it, I think it's probably no connection at all. But yeah. Early 80s was a big time for assassination. These things all come in waves. You know, you got the 70s was the hijacking. The 80s was assassinated. There was, was a peak in the 60s, wasn't there? Assassinations. Yeah. Then it became hijackings and kidnappings. And then there was assassinations. Yeah. It's weird. 
So on the day then, on the day of the attack, Chapman was waiting around pretty much all day. He uh, he saw young five-year-old Sean Lennon mm-hmm. yep. out with the nanny, and he approached them and he shook little Sean's hand, and he said he was a beautiful boy. Quoting from one of Lennon's songs, of course, yeah, about Sean, about Sean, written yeah. for Sean. Even today, that's a bit sinister. I mean, I know he's being nice, but you you kind of don't really do that do you, these days. Just go up to a random child. No. Well, yeah. Again. Yeah, I'm sure he knew who he was. Obviously, sure, yeah, but yeah. It's, you're, you're still you don't you just don't do that. Do you? No, not these days. In that morning, he'd bought a copy of Catcher in the Rye, and inside the book he wrote, This is my statement. Um, and oh. he signed it Holden Caulfield. Didn't he inscribe it to Holden Caulfield as well? He inscribed it from Caulfield to Caulfield himself. Oh, I don't know about that. Did he? I remember reading that somewhere that he, he wrote it as if it was being given to Caulfield by Caulfield. Hmm. And it was a statement about what he was going to do. Yeah, well, no, the, the book, book itself was he was claiming was his manifesto. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry. Right, okay. I thought he then yeah. wrote some more stuff. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a four hundred page booklet written in two millimeter high text as usual. It was <laughs> yeah. couldn't be bothered yeah, with that because yeah. give somebody else's book over yes, instead. Sure, yeah. Mm. So he was hanging outside the Dakota apartment building. Yep, which is where? Which is uh, central New York City? Is it, it's up. Uh... It's on the Lower West Side. Okay, so it's that's uh, yes, geographically, I know where you talking about yes he stayed there all day but other people would come and go and you talk to the doorman yeah talk to the doorman <laughs> so about five o'clock in the evening Lennon and Yoko Ono were going out for a recording session and that's when Chapman got him to sign a copy of the album Double Fantasy right right now there's a famous photo of this taking place um, there was a photographer nearby called uh, Paul Goresh and he took a picture mm. says a He'd been talking to Paul all day, hadn't he? Yeah. But it was Paul that said to him, go and, go and talk to him now, you'll lose your opportunity. Right, right, right. Yeah. So he was yeah. hanging out for the same reason, basically, to yeah. take a shot of John. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunate, but not incorrect. So, so, that, so that's been documented yeah. in the form of they took a picture of them together. Absolutely right, yeah. Oh, God. So then, you know, Lennon, they went off to the recording session and they came back near about 11 in the evening. And when they got out of the car and headed towards the building's entrance, Chapman fired at them five times from a 38 Special. One of them missed and four of them hit Lennon in the back and in the shoulder. Wow. Do we literally not know in between the time of five and... 11, what he was doing. He was hanging out there and, I don't know, stewing yeah. mentally. Reading. Well, yeah, basically he was just hanging out. He he asked the photographer, uh, Goresh, if he wanted to hang out. But yep. Obviously, Goresh, he let, he took a couple of pictures when Lennon appeared, but then he, he had his photos, so he left. Um, he asked a girl out, another fan who was hanging around, and you know, she said no. Later on, he said if one of them had you know, gone out for dinner or hung out or something, then he probably would have changed his mind. But the likelihood is, he wouldn't, if he had changed his mind, he would have gone back again and tried a third. That fan that he asked out was Jude. Oh, was it? Yeah. Jude of Her name was Jude. the song Ellen Rigby. I presume so. Yeah, I presume so. Well, uh, how, how does that timing work, though? 
I mean, it seems I a bit... I can't remember how the details were that I heard now, but anyway, her name was Jude. Oh, OK. Coincidence or not, I don't I, I'm assuming you. that's massive coincidence, because the, the... Hey, Jude is 15 years before the song, but anyway, it doesn't mean that that wasn't a mate who inexplicably was hanging outside John Lennon's apartment <laughs> in a different continent. But anyway... Lennon's shot, yeah, and the police arrive straight away. They said we're not going to wait for an ambulance, so they put him in a squad car and took him to Roosevelt Hospital. But he he was DOA, died when he got there. And when the NYPD turned up, Chapman was just sitting down on the side of the road reading his uh, his book to himself, waiting for to be arrested. Yeah, Chapman seems to have been awfully calm about the whole thing. Yeah, I've never heard of him having a temper or anything. Hmm. Just slightly worrying in some ways. Well, he's a nut job, isn't he? <laughs> sure, he's nuts. He's got bees in his cockpit. That's what's the matter with him. So he was completely calm, sitting on the curb, reading a book. I mean, let's face it, as soon as you say it like that, it's quite sinister. But um, the And then what was, someone said it was him. Yeah, well, I mean, he he admitted everything. It's, he's getting what he wanted, isn't he? He's getting, everyone's yeah, coming sure, now and sure. paying him attention. And now yeah. he's going to be somebody. Um, yeah, I suppose he's putting all the legwork now. He just has to sit and reap the rewards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was interviewed over and over and over again after his arrest, um, up until um, trial, by psychologists and you know mental health experts, um, trying to decide if he was paranoid schizophrenic or you know any other kind of disorder like that psychosis. They couldn't really agree, and uh, they were going to put in a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity but obviously they didn't because ultimately Chapman said God told him to plead guilty and he's not going to change that so again now he's saying God told him anyway so he pleads guilty and he's sentenced to 20 years to life yeah so I I remember I remember various days I mean he's still inside basically isn't he he's still inside yeah I remember denied at least a dozen times. Yeah, so. exactly. The um, I remember various dates, reading about various dates, saying, oh, Mark Chapman's going to be out in 2001 or something, and thinking, oh, my God, this is like, I don't know, a few a couple of years before that. And then the last one I remember was 2009. It was like, his, he's, up, he's up for parole, and it's possible, blah, 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 that he... Anyway, obviously that didn't happen and I suspect it never will but um, the there has actually been various he technically he could be allowed out dates over the past decade or 20, 20 years let's face it his 11th parole hearing took place yep. in August of this year 2020 did it really, really? was it only 11 I thought it was more that was the 11th 12. his 12th will be okay. due next August uh, by which time oh, he'll, so be, yeah. he'll be he'll be 67 next next parole hearing Next year. So he's not. Oh, okay. So he's he only committed this crime when he was mid twenties, was he? Correct. Six or something. Yeah. He would have been twenty-six. His birth. He was born on the tenth of May, nineteen fifty-five. He looks a lot older than that. Well, you see the pictures. He looks, <laughs> life in he prison looks, doesn't. No, no. I mean <laughs> then. I meant then. He looks uh, yeah. rough. I thought he was like forty or something. That then. Well, he he did a lot of drugs when he was younger. Okay. Right. Yeah. Does that. Does that age you? Mm. He was a yeah. bit of a junkhead. He was known locally for taking absolutely anything. Right. But he, uh, 
I mean, it'd be absolutely incredible, frankly, if he's let out. I mean, I'm mm. aware he'd be relocated kind of thing, but yeah. but it's never going to happen, is it? I mean, one no. of the reasons his parole keeps being denied is for his own protection. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's, frank, it's frankly he'd, he'd last not very popular. a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, the main reason they they keep saying no is that it's it's of not of any benefit to him and society no. for him to no, be no, no. Not in the slightest. Yeah, I saw an, an interview with him. In fact, I think it might have been the Larry King one that was done yeah. some while back. Yeah. And he seems kind of disturbingly normal. But the more that you watch it, the more there's a kind of forced normalness about him. It reminded me of the 1980s classic. Um, the Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing from 1980. Yeah. He reminds me of the um, the character Blair. I'm not going to harm anybody, and there's nothing wrong with me. And if there was, I'm all better now. <laughs> it's like it's this kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. false declaration of your own wellness. You know, it's, yeah. it's really kind of creepy the more you watch him. Here's a thing. Speaking of The Thing. Chapman, the day before he shot John Lennon, he accosted... Mm-hmm singer-songwriter James Taylor in a subway station. Oh, yes. It's coming back to me. I didn't hear about that. In what form did he accost? He accosted me. Well, using Taylor's own words, uh, he pinned me to the wall, glistening with maniacal sweat, and tried to talk in some freak speech about what he was going to do and stuff about how John was interested and how he was going to get in touch with John Lennon. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. So he's he's rambling all over the place. In, In New York? In New York City, yeah. Oh, God, that's awful, isn't it? Imagine what James Taylor thought the, the day after the day after. Well, he says it, he said it was uh, it was surreal to have contact with the guy 24 hours before he shot John. Sure, so yeah. Surreal, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear, that's terrible, oh. isn't it? What was James Taylor doing in a sub? <laughs> Busking, I assume. Catching a sub. Chapman wasn't a bad singer, was he? See. <laughs> <laughs> he... He wrote Got any music and um, played the guitar. Did he? Yeah, he didn't have a terrible voice. Somebody wasn't like him. He was no angel. Let's put it that way. We know. Yeah. Well, we know. <laughs> we, we worked that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got another uh, interesting yep. tidbit. So, do you remember or are you aware of the front cover of Rolling Stone magazine? Um, which is a photo of uh, Yoko Ono lying on the floor, fully clothed, with a naked John Lennon wrapped around Yeah, yeah, in a fetal position. Exactly, yeah. So that photo was taken by Annie Leibovitz. Oh, was it? Yep. Oh, really? On that day. Oh, God, was it? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was probably in their apartment. In their apartment, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she left the Dakota at half past three after taking that picture. Oh, God. And then, you know, it was then in the afternoon. It would have been about, what did I say, five-ish? You said they left, they left the apartment at five, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so after the photo session, they took that picture. Annie Leibovitz left, and then shortly after, they left to go to the recording studio. Oh, God. Yeah, no, no I know that shot very well. Natural so, light. For some reason, he's naked. Clinging, kind of clinging to her. Uh, kind of fetal position but also fetal position so that it covers up things but yeah mm. 20th century icon such as John Lennon is going to have many conspiracy theories surrounding yes. his death just as Marilyn Monroe did and James Dean etc 
The main one is probably a plot by the CIA. Ronald Reagan, newly elected, uh, well, not wasn't in office, but is you know is an ultra right wing. He'd just been elected, um, hasn't he? Yeah, anti-war stance of someone like Lenin. Yep, and quite vocal. They can easily uh, galvanise public opinion. He's got to be got rid of, hasn't he? They're bad guys. Worst of the worst. That's the one of the main theories. So it's a it's a government CIA. And Chapman, mm-hmm. he was doing some work for a time with displaced Vietnamese children, and they're saying when he was supposedly doing that, actually in the 70s, he'd probably um, been trained actually by the CIA and not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Right. And the time when he was supposedly, he um, obviously had mental illness problems when he was away having mental treatment, that was probably CIA training time. So apparently Chapman's trained by the CIA, the Reagan, the new Reagan government looked to the CIA to stop Lenin's anti-war stance. Yep. Chapman apparently had quite a bit of money. He was flush with was cash, he? apparently so. He had $2,000 on him when he was arrested. Uh, he's never corroborated. I mean, not that he would, perhaps, but as he's never suggested anything himself, has he? No, no, Cause of it, course Because it's rubbish, but... Because um, it's but, rubbish, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shall I tell you who... Here's a good... Here's a funny thing. These are the star American stars that they thought were, well, they described them as anodyne popsters, meaning perfectly nice, and mm. will uh, leave them alone. And that was, bizarrely, Sonny and Cher. Sonny was horrible, wasn't it? Mainly to Cher, mm. but anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Osmonds, they're, yeah. These, these are all, yeah, they're fine. And John Denver. Have you ever heard of Captain and Tennille? Yeah, 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 Captain and Tennille. Um, Who, what did song? they write? Lo- love, will, love will keep us together. How, how does that go? Love will keep us together. Oh, that. Oh, that. that's a brilliant song. I never I never knew that that was by. That is an absolutely Captain mega Antonio, yeah, 70s uh, song. But anyway, um, so they they were on a list as being completely fine, presumably in the realms of, I don't know, uh, p- politically and stance yeah. on war or whatever. You are not evil. You are good. Yeah. And then in quotes, Hippie Lennon was a must kill. Jesus, must kill? Must what kill. Who said that? What, is that a formal, is that well, a, I mean, an actual I mean, you designation? Say, well, I mean, you say who said that. I mean, probably nobody said it. But it, in the list of, uh, sorry, in one of the uh, conspiracies, yeah, the uh, conspiracy theorist called May Brussel, uh, she uncovered that that apparently was the uh, a must case. Kill. A must kill. Wow. So, anyway, but equally, everything that I've just said is utter rubbish. Wow. I don't, I don't mean from since the beginning of episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Although... Wow. Was he a member of a brainwashing cult? So that's got to be in there somewhere. A brainwashing cult. Well, I, yeah, I mean, this, again, this is part of the whole sort of CIA... Brain training, MK Ultra type mm. thing. Um, that because Chapman was calm, yes, he said, was. Yep, yep. Some people think that he was programmed, and therefore he didn't re- react emotionally to anything because he was like, "And now you're going to shoot Lennon, and now you're mm-hmm. going to wait for the police." Because as we all know, that's guilty. exactly how it works. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopped up on LSD and instructions from his CIA <laughs> handlers. He'll do whatever. Listen to yourself. What am I, Emperor Ming here, controlling your mind? What I can tell you for sure is that 
Lennon was pretty much under surveillance all the time. Was he a bit, what, really? Right. Is that, that actual? That's a, that is actual true fact. The FBI had a folder, a, a dossier on him, like hundreds of pages. Of, of, and that's uh, because of, well, publicising political views. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's and, a very well-known, very public view. And yeah. in his songs. Exactly. I mean, he's a high-profile, influential person espousing political view. Hmm. And therefore, the CIA and the FBI had, at one time or another, one or other, or both, yeah, had we, him under surveillance. We can't have these pacifists going around, making people mm-hmm. not yeah. fight with each their, other. <laughs> with their crazy <laughs> ideas, costing the uh, the war machine billions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with ideas like that going around, people will stop killing each other. We can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. What's that all about? That's, war, war is a driving uh, force in international business affairs. All we're saying is give war a chance. <laughs> Jared Leto and uh, and Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've met her, by the way. Have you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Shall I wow. tell my? Shall, have... I, shall I tell you my Lindsay Lohan story? Yeah, tell For us. The love of God, yes. So I was in a. <laughs> These next few okay. words sound as if I've, I'm making it up. <laughs> um, Good. That's exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> so, well, this is the conspiracy section of the, uh, of the story. So I was in a bar in Moscow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Lindsay Lohan turned up with a bit of entourage. On Wednesdays, we were pink. And I was just talking to someone. And um, the person I was talking to was going, oh, wow, this bar is incredible. I'm going to take a picture of it. And she held up the phone and just, to, you know, took a wide picture of the bar. Unfortunately for her, Lindsay Lohan was basically front centre of that picture uh, in a right. wide setting, not one inch from the mm-hmm. camera. But, um, like a, a self, selfie? She was selfie. Uh, no, but it was just a... She wasn't, but it was a wi- just right. a wide shot. Oh, this is a nice okay. bar. And Lindsay, anyway, Lindsay Lohan thought that she was taking a picture of her. I mean, I failed to see why. I mean... I'm assuming quite a few people have taken pictures of Lindsay Lohan. Mm. But anyway. I'm sure it would have happened before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So she... Anyway, so she so she was in this booth or table area with various... And she kind of leapt up and absolutely stormed over towards us. I'm thinking, oh, God, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan storming towards me. And um, but I hadn't done anything. But so and she yeah. was like, "What are you doing to uh, this other person?" That is the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. And this woman was saying, um, "I'm sorry. What, what do you mean? What am I doing?" Because she had no idea that she, yeah, Lindsay Lohan was in the picture, and, oh, okay. uh, or even oh, that she was Lindsay Lohan. And yeah, exactly. Lohan. She was just <laughs> exactly. I can guarantee she was, you, if I was in a bar and I was just yeah. taking a picture of the bar, I had I would have no idea. Yeah, exactly. And it was, was it. it was basically it was basically that he was taking a picture of the a nice decored bar. Yeah. Lizzie yeah. Lohan happened to be in the picture, and Lizzie Lohan clocked that someone was taking a picture, and she assumed it was of of her as for some reason because she, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, to to be fair to her, she'll get it all the time. But what she doesn't think about is that a a, a large majority of people know who she is but a way larger majority of people don't know who she is <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and she assumed it was one of the they aren't expecting her to turn up perhaps that is the, the case in, in a bar in Moscow yeah <laughs> well yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. And, and you're in Moscow yeah, yeah. Um, so she she came storming over like really really kind of like clearly very angry 
I was thinking, oh God, <laughs> what, what on earth is going to happen now? And she was like, give me those pictures. What, how dare you? What do you mean give me those pictures? They're not Polaroid. The, yeah. She was saying, I'm sorry, who are you? What, what? And she literally had no idea who she was. And, yeah. um, and she said, I was just, well, I don't know who you are. I was just taking a picture of the bar. Anyway, and I, and I knew that was the case, that that was yeah. fact. So like a gibbering mouse, <laughs> I, I said, and I knew it was... Like a gibbering mice, a mouse in shining armour. <laughs> I said, um, I, 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 I'm, it's definitely the case that... I don't think I said it like that. <laughs> it's definitely the uh, case. Excuse me. <laughs> I think you'll find... Miss, <laughs> Miss Lohan. And um, I said, honestly, she was just taking a picture of the bar. It's just... And she... <laughs> Lindsay Lohan cuts me off mid-sentence, as I was saying. I assure you, uh, she was taking a picture of her. She cut me off mid-sentence by putting her entire hand to my to my face. Not not on it, but, but you know, a kind of talk-to-the-hand kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But like literally about, about three inches from my face. Yeah. Split, fingers splayed. Could you she went, it? She, she went, whatever! Like that. And, and I was like, oh... <laughs> and it was that kind of timing. You smell like a baby prostitute. I instantly thought, ah, oh, that is brilliant. I've been whatevered by Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> and other than that, I couldn't, I couldn't care less about what happened. She then eventually <laughs> kind of slunk, slunked away. But the, yeah, she whatevered me. Yeah. Whatevered by Lohan. Didn't you yeah. bump into Mariah Carey? You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. She oh. was in New York, yeah. She was, <laughs> in, she was at the end of a bar. Do you only go to bars? She was at the end of the bar and she had a, bo- a bodyguard who was about seven foot five. And he um, and he was sitting about, she was sitting on her own, like quite weirdly on her own, dressed as like Jessica Rabbit kind of outfit thing and yeah. having a nursing, a whatever, a, probably wasn't a Ribena, but uh, uh, and a bod- very, very obvious bodyguard was about 10 foot away from her. And there was no one in between, strangely enough, because everyone was too scared to go and, oh, I think I'll take these seats here. And it, I, I remember him leaning back on his chair and his jacket kind of fell open. There were two gigantic guns like in, in the knapsack. No, not knapsack. What's the kind of gun bra that they wear? Gun bra. Holster. You know that thing? Holster. holster. It's a holster. Yeah, okay. Yeah, gun they're bra. normally around. I'm the going hips. to call it a gun bra from now on. They're yeah. normally around the hips, aren't they? A holster? Because that oh, will, a holster? Because that will diffuse. That will diffuse the next time the FBI come raiding me is when they start pointing at their gun bras. <laughs> yeah, the situation will kind of, just get much kind calmer. Of what, that's kind of what it Operation is. Operation Gun Bra. It's a sports bar with gun guns in it. Uh, anyway, yeah, there's another <laughs> bar story. Wow, you and the celebs. Well, I've yeah. seen Michael Caine eating a jacket potato. So. Have you? <laughs> You were only supposed to. Cook. We're all running that line through our heads to find the gag. Yeah, yeah, there it is. I can, I can assure up. you, it's not in there. <laughs> <laughs> you're a big spud, but you're out of shape. Jared Leto and Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. Um, we're in a movie called. Chapter I've got a 27. story about Lindsay Lohan. No, carry, carry on. <laughs> They're in a movie called Chapter 27, and it's basically the assassination through the eyes of Mark Chapman. Oh, God, is it? Oh, wow. Yeah, can you imagine? And so what, do they, what do they play? John and Yoko. I think Lido is Chapman. 
<laughs> God, really? It didn't do very well because everyone was furious. Yeah, as sure. you can imagine. Even though he does declare, he has. I'm all better now. Yeah, well, he's flip flopped, hasn't he, between, you know, oh, I, I wanted the fame. Oh, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, now I'm going to do interviews. Oh, yeah. now I don't want to say anything. Oh, I'm not going to do it, but write a book or anything. Oh, well, you know, ask me anything. It's like backwards <laughs> and forwards. You know, it, you know, he's a dick. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not a nice man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you could argue that that angle had probably hadn't been done before, and there's been a million documentaries and films and whatever's about John Lennon. But even so, yeah. it doesn't mean that that's the. Yeah, let's definitely do that. Yeah, I mean, I can understand documentaries, and again, arguably, you're telling the story and saying, "Well, this, this, this fame and notoriety for this man," because let's talk about him. But documentary is one thing. This is facts. This is yeah, what happened. Exactly, it's all yeah. very dry. But you know, saying, "Hey, here's." Lohan and Lido together together at last oh God. in a in a big screen motion picture and you're like going no doesn't warrant that so it sounds as if no. Lindsay Lohan got whatever at the box office did she yeah quite right too. justice well, <laughs> <laughs> yes that's all for this time if you want to know more about what we've discussed over the course of this episode just google it or something you can see daily true crime updates on our Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can email us or you can support the show with a PayPal donation. And links to all of those are on our website at truecrimediary.co.uk. Don't forget to send us a review or post one in your podcast service if you can. And all five-star reviews will get a shout-out on a future episode. Join us next time when we'll be similarly discussing and digressing on another event in true crime history. Until then, my thanks to Jared and Rue. My name's Mark and we'll see you on the next date in our true crime diary.